Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you so much for stopping in today, and we certainly appreciate it. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. You can contact us at 1-800-489-8910 or go to MIGonline.com. We've got offices all the way from Memphis to the Tri-Cities and everywhere in between. Um, so we're just excited to be here and have the opportunity to spend an hour with you. And we are taking a break from some of our normal topics and we're jumping in because this is the time of year when people start heating back up with the volunteers. And one of the things that our community certainly loves is their Tennessee volunteers. And we just happen to know uh, sort of an important individual within Ooh. the Tennessee program, um, Eric Ainge. And he is here in studio yeah, with yeah. us um, to discuss Tennessee football in the spring practice. Uh, if I had known earlier, then I was going to get some uh, some sound in here to bring in the fans and, and some sound of, of roaring crowds when, when Eric was It's, in, a, it's ah, okay. I'll, I'll cheer for myself. <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's good. So Eric was in when we first um, came back to the studio to the show brought it back to uh, 98.7 he was there for our first show and so now he's coming and doing a curtain call if you will to discuss this spring football and you know it's amazing because it seems like we just finished the bowl game and got through the music city bowl and all and that was a blast it was a blast and we're about to be done with spring practice um and then at that point you have the summertime Get outside, hang out, but I mean, it's basically just recruiting and projecting on the season. It's going to be May soon, right? And I mean, you're only talking about five months. That'll go by very quickly, real fast. And you know, it better because I get so anxious for the football season to start. It's basically what I live for. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So I was actually doing a little bit of research because I wanted to bring myself up to speed with what's going on. And I guess at this point, they've had what ten practices or so. Um, going into there into this week, yeah, that uh, we'll have two practices next week, and then the uh, and then the the orange and white game. Yeah, so they're obviously doing a lot of stuff, and um, you know, there's a lot of changes on the coaching staff. You know, we've had a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces coming in. So you have Brady Hoke, who's the associate head coach, defensive line coach. Um, he's replacing Stripling, who's now uh, has a new job, director of football development. I think, so, which he's going to be perfect. I think for. so. He's I'm like a, he's, he's like a dad to those guys. I mean, we used right. to have Dan Brooks used to be that yeah, way, yeah, yeah. and he it's funny was also the defensive line coach, and he's been doing it now like he's done, but he was doing it at Clemson and mm. recruiting and developing their D line. But he, he was just retired, I think, just after yeah. the championship this year. But he's gone. I mean, he's been that same kind of guy, the rock that you can just go in and bring anything to, very real. And mm. Coach Strip is very much the same way. Well, I'm glad he's still on the staff as well. Um, and then you have, of course, our new offensive coordinator who's replacing um, Indiana's offensive coordinator, Mike DeBoer. Right. Um, what an interesting situation that was. I'm retiring. No, I'm not retiring. But anyway, Larry Scott. So he um, comes to us. He's been with us for now. This will be his second year. He comes from Miami, Miami Hurricanes. If you recall, he was the interim head coach um, for Miami uh, until they until we hired him, basically. They had already hired the new guy. 
down there. George that, that, that old Georgia guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, um, but Larry Scott, I really like him. I think he's going to be a good fit. I don't think there'll be much change within the offensive scheme. I and mean, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks here in the next segment. But then, of course, um, second year for Bob Shoup, uh, that's going to be a very pivotal year for his um, tenure here because the defense last year, of course, there was injuries everywhere. But don't you think this is going to be an important sort of year for Bob Shoup? I think it'll be an important year for Bob Shoup. I think it'll really help him having some of his guys here, you know, a Charlton Warren. Mm-hmm. They obviously still has Tommy Thigpen, but Brady Hoke and guys that are that truly will do things the way he wants them done. Bob Shoup last year, we we didn't say anything but great things about him. We rationalized the teams that were running the ball between the 20s <laughs> until the end of the yeah, year. Right. And I, yeah. I know we have, and we have a chance to have four or five-star defensive linemen starting for us. Mm, when you look at wow. uh, the two defensive ends uh, and both Khalil McKenzie and Shai Tuttle inside, you know, I guess technically real high four-star in, in uh in shy Tuttle, but we have the players. We right. just have to keep them healthy so Bob Shoup can have the whole arsenal with the playbook behind him. And we had that conditioning coach hire. Yep, that's so true. How, I mean that that's a big part of the uh, injury thing. Well, and it? you and, and getting to back to Larry Scott, you got Larry Scott who played left tackle in college mm. and is a very calm demeanor. Mm. He's one of those guys that you just you, you know he's if he's angry, you know he's angry because right. otherwise he's pretty cool. Right. Um, and then we got Walt Wells coaching the O line who's fired up, wide open, screaming, yelling, demanding from the guys, and they really like him. So mm. the the offensive line. In my opinion, with the addition of Trey Smith and the, the development of Drew Richmond, they have a chance to maybe, with those two offensive linemen-minded guys running the offense, to really take a, the next step forward. And I Trey think one, Smith is a beast. He is. I, I think one of the most underrated things that, that Bush Jones has done thus far is to keep Robert Gillespie and Tommy Thigpen on this staff. I mean, talk about holding the the glue that holds that recruiting sort of force together. You know, these guys, you know, they had been made offers, offers had been made. But for him to be able to keep these guys, don't you think that's a pretty important thing? Absolutely. And, you know, Gillespie played. Tommy Thigpen has a lot of respect from the guys. He's been around forever. Having those guys on each side of the ball too mm-hmm. you know it's I mean, we always talk about position groups and guys going to their guy but there's always a couple coaches uh like coach strip like i was saying that the whole team looks to looks mm-hmm. up to right. um watches every move they make every word that comes out of their mouth because college even though they seem dumb sometimes they're not right. they're perceptive they're right. watching every move that the coaches make you can't tell me to do this if you yourself aren't you know Mm-hmm. walking the walk you can't just talk the talk and i think we have an entire staff right now that views their jobs that way so then of course you mentioned um charlton warren and and he's going to be the defensive backs coach and i think you mentioned that was one of bob shoop's sort of style guys is that what you're saying yeah he's a military you know, former military mm-hmm. everywhere he's been he's coached very well um yeah i was said, you know, back when I had Coach Cut uh, calling plays for me and teaching me that when you would play teams that had a very well-coached defensive backfield, it was actually easier mm. because they were always where they were supposed to be, reading the same thing you knew they were supposed to read, and it was easier as a veteran to move them, dictate what they did. Um, that's probably not the case for most quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference right now. We only have a couple that have had extensive playing time, so having guys that are always in the right spot, where they're supposed to be. Mm. When you play younger quarterbacks, 
I would not have said that when I was a young quarterback. But as a veteran, that's kind of what, what it turned into. I think you have a chance with Warren, with his background, his style of coaching, to have the guys always in the right spot, not out of position. Half the time we got beat last year, it was guys just busting coverages. Abernathy running the wrong direction. Um, Malik Foreman not getting a jam in cover two and letting the guy run wide open down the sideline. It was little things like that that I don't think will happen with Warren. If we get beat, it's because the other guy's just better. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, because there was moments in, you know, most of the season, I went to most every, I did go to every home game, and then I went to the bowl game, and I even went to the Georgia game, which was amazing, by the way. That's awesome. And, um, you know, I, so at the Georgia game, for instance, I mean, you were way up. I was up in literally the nosebleed. It was unbelievable. But I got to see the defensive, um, scheme better than I had in previous games. And, you know, that's kind of was my thought. It, it seemed like that, you know, that Hail Mary play that they scored, it was just a busted coverage. Malik Foreman bu- running. busted coverage. Right. Exactly. Not knowing exactly what to do on every single play. And, and in his defense, I mean, that was a rocket that came yeah, out the kid, of there. He threw the ball like 67 <laughs> yards in the air. I mean, at some point you just start stop running. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, again, attention to detail, situational football, you know, we lose Cam Sutton, uh, but we still have Todd Kelly Jr. We have mm. Aber- between Abernathy and uh, Nigel Warrior, that competition for those three guys, for those two spots. Um, and one thing coming out of, we, you know, talking spring practice, one of the things coming out of spring practice, uh, Marquill Osborne has really mm. stepped up and playing good football. So, and Mosley's a senior. We know what we got with him. You know, he's not a first team all conference guy, but yeah. so it'll, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what he can do with that group. And, you know, last year's, interceptions you know we didn't have a lot of them we had a bunch of guys with one then we had todd kelly with two and micah abernathy uh, abernathy with two as well i see that number just going up with our defensive line output you know getting in there rushing and pressuring the quarterback making some mistakes we didn't have a lot of um consistent pressure on the quarterback Danny O'Brien gets kicked off the team and mm. mckenzie and tuttle aren't playing i mean right. I, I mean at that point you're your three best defensive line interior linemen aren't out there playing mm. and then you lose both linebackers for an extended period of time so the entire no, core of your defense right. isn't out there and i'm so i mean defensive ends are important but if we were talking about it on my radio show uh, not too long ago if you don't have good defensive interior linemen everything else you have you better have first round draft pick corners out there mm, otherwise yeah. it's really really hard there's no position that can screw up a game better than two good defense interior defensive linemen mm, absolutely and Did i you think you missed you had a, a show what? kongbo had a pick six yeah well yeah he was one of the ones with one <laughs> yeah, he was rolling i love too. that one. yeah <laughs> well um we do uh, have eric ainge in studio with us and you can check out the eric ainge show from 9 to 12 on the sister station 99.1 the sports animal um continue with us right after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. 
And also, we have in studio with us Eric Ainge. Uh, he is coming to us to talk about uh, Big Orange football, the spring practice, and the Orange and White game coming up on uh, April 22nd, Saturday. I'm excited about that. And he will be on Friday. Can we tell him where you're going to be Friday? Yeah, Friday the 21st, we'll be at Tailgate Clothing. It's Market Square. We'll be doing the Eric Ainge show mm-hmm. live from 9 to noon. And we'll also have... Johnny Majors there signing nice. autographs, hanging out with people. We'll That's have some awesome. good t shirt deals. Um, it's a really cool store. So, 23 Market mm-hmm. Square, Friday the 21st. Come hang out with us and, and meet Coach Majors. Man, Johnny has still got it. And I heard him not too long ago, and I don't even remember where. I think it was with John and Jimmy. And he was breaking it down. I mean, he's still, he's, you know, he, I think John or Jimmy asked the question, you know, give me sort of your prediction on, you know, where you th- see this team going. And I mean, he just laid it out there and it was just so spot on, you know, and he does it in a very interesting, unique way. And so. you remember the time at a golf tournament? Oh, I yeah. asked him about Hubert Simpson when he ran all over Notre Dame back in 76 or, no, 79, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote, wrote out what he did on the Knoxville News Sentinel newspaper on, they, in pencil, yeah. and, and Kevin it. grabbed it. I have it. Oh, that's cool. And then <laughs> it was the same play, the same play that they scored on three out of three times, the exact same play, and he so he wrote it all out for me. And, that's um, cool. He said, he said that the Notre Dame team was not the sharpest knives in the drawer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. So anyway, we're, we're getting back here, and um, off line here, we were talking a moment about Eric's uh, career completion percentage, and um, just so everyone knows, he completed 733 passes, and that was for 60.6% of the time. So last year, Josh Dobbs, in 2016 completed 63 percent of his passes (laughs) so for those out there who think oh Dobbs isn't very accurate well he's he was pretty accurate 63 percent for a year that's Um, good it's that that's really good for one for one year you go back it should get better every year you're in college and one of the cool things Mm -hmm. that we had with coach Cutcliffe and man if I could have had him for four years that would have been awesome um, but before my junior year, he said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to set a record for completions and completion percentage. And he, all we worked on was where to throw the football versus every coverage and every play that we had. And, and that was the emphasis. It wasn't on fundamentals or footwork or anything else. It was just where to throw it on every single play. Mm-hmm. And I ended up setting the single season completion percentage record that year. And the next year he went in and said, all right, we, did the self-scout. We took way too many sacks last year, and that's why we got in this position and that position. And if we could eliminate that, stay ahead down a distance, then it doesn't matter if we don't have Jason Swain and Robert Meacham and Brett Smith because we'll just always be ahead of the sticks. And Absolutely. we ended up taking three sacks and over 500 pass attempts. That's incredible. And so that when you really... go when you go through and, and you put a, an emphasis on something or you hear coaching staff, you know, and they kind of say something, I'm always curious what they're actually talking about and how much emphasis are they really putting on that. Well, and obviously it was something that you guys did right because you're on your third in career passing yardage, uh, 8,700. And that's pretty pretty awesome considering the quarterbacks that have went through Tennessee. Um, and also you have the third most passing touchdowns with 72, just, just um, eclipsing a uh, Tyler Bray. Of course he, he was trying to eclipse you, but you also didn't play as much as far as games played because you were out basically your entire sophomore season. I was basically out my whole sophomore season. And then I missed the last, I missed the easy games in my freshman year. I played all the hard teams and then I didn't get to play against Vandy and Kentucky and all those kind of teams back then. Because back in the day, right, that those were stack games. Yeah, exactly. yeah those, those were stack games back in the day. Yeah, and then also your um, single season still stands up at number three um, at 31 touchdowns. 
uh, which is amazing. In single game, you still hold the record against Kentucky with seven. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, but it took four overtimes. <laughs> well, so every once in a while, I have to, I, you know, it's, I, I feel guilty if I'm like, you, you, darn right, I own the record. And then I'm like, it was against Kentucky and it took four overtimes. <laughs> I'll say it under my breath as I'm walking away. Oh, that is great. I love that. Um, you will not find Eric Ainge on the rushing career list. He, <laughs> aver- no, no, he, he no, no, no. averages minus 2.8 yards oh, per that's, rush. That's not bad. Considering I'm 6'6", six, six, you know, that's just line of scrimmage and fall backwards. <laughs> what, exactly. what was your 40 again? Four nine eight. Well, that's. I remember break. I remember breaking five and going. Yes, <laughs> it could have said four nine 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 nine. I wouldn't have cared. That Just don't awesome. say five. Well, I want to jump in because I know there's a lot of people that you know tune in, tune out, sort of you know listen to sports talk, but maybe take a little time to do whatever it is they do, and they want to jump back in and understand it. And I'm sure the Eric Ain show is at the top of their listening list. But better um, be. That's right. But outside linebacker, I think is an interesting position, and I don't know really what's happened this spring just yet but i know that there are a lot of individuals that we have that are primed and ready um you have cortez mcdowell um who i think will probably be our best like go-to guy our our most stable uh, person but then you also have you know you have these other characters and then we'll talk about what eric thinks you have colton jumper elliot berry dylan bates um sap is it cortez corte corte sap um, and then you also have Jaquan Blakely, who is a redshirt freshman, Shannon Reed, and Landon Knoll. I don't know that those individuals necessarily it's a walk on. And then you've got, you know. Uh, Reed's going to be a good player. Okay. Shannon he, Reed, well, he's just, I mean, he'll be a true freshman this year, but he's an early enrollee. He wears number 21. And when he's out there running around, mm. holy smokes, the kid can fly. Okay. Well, so he's, he's got a potential to be a really good. I bet he'll have a Jalen Reeves Maben career. You'll okay. see him on special wow. teams this year out there, uh, killing it, just wiping people up. And then maybe next year or the year after, you'll see him as a full time starter. I, I really think that he has a, a lot of potential. He was a three star. Yeah, originally three three star out of Florida. Oh, okay. Um, got Myers. jerked around by LSU and and decided that he didn't want to do that and and uh, come to Tennessee. He'll be a good player. So and, that's training him we, up. Then we also have uh, a couple of other walk ons, which you know, let's hope that that they. Um, somehow miraculously progress into a starter. That would be awesome. So out of those individuals, who do you think the core will be? I mean, you've got Kirkland in the middle. That's going to be our go-to there. And we'll talk about middle. But outside linebacker, who do you think is is our starters uh, first day? Man, yeah, like you said, Kirkland. And then the next one, I've, when we're most of the teams we play now play in a formation and situations that we require to put the nickel out there. You know, so whether you wanted a bigger guy or not, Rashawn Golden's going to play because of what the mm. offense does. I mean, that's right. one of the cool things about offense. You get to dictate what they do and how they line up uh, with their personnel on defense. Um, and we've seen all the, you know, all the different rule changes when Saban got in the league and then everyone started playing fast and slowed it down and the substitutions. All that's based on defensive personnel and adjusting to the offense. So you'll see Golden play a lot. You'll see Kirkland play a lot. And we both know how good they are and how good they could be. Mm-hmm. It's that other linebacker position. Ella Barry down the stretch played pretty well. He played pretty well. And I think you'll have Daniel Batuli, I think, mm-hmm. has a chance to get out there. He looks freakish and scary in his uniform and his pads when he's out there running around. Mm-hmm. And Kirkland is a veteran enough now and uh, been in the linebacker room with the same coach and had a really smart guy like Maven with him last year uh, getting to sit out. He learned a lot. He easily could play the will 
mm-hmm. and we could put someone else at the mic because Kirkland's right. a little smaller and faster. I mean, he's he could explosive. play outside, couldn't he? He could absolutely play. You know, and for the most part, we're looking at which two backers are going to be the box linebackers, whether you call them the Mike or the Will. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Which of our two best big guys? And then you got Galden out there, and when we need to bring a third guy in, you know, that's just going to be the whoever the third best linebacker is. But really, it's those first two guys that that's who we need to. The other box linebacker. Who's that going to be? Right. Absolutely. And and so then you move to the line. You have these defensive tackles, which I think mm-hmm. that we're, we're going to be very underrated. I don't think that anybody would suggest that there's not a pretty good stack of players here. So I'm just going to tell you who we have, and then we'll talk a little bit more detail. So we have Kendall Vickers. Uh, he's going to be a senior this year. You've got Shy Tuttle, Khalil McKenzie, Jonathan Kongbo. Um, is, uh, I think it's... Uh, Pakua? How do you say Paku? Paku, okay. Quay Paku. Yeah. Well, he's going to, you know, he came out as a four star. Was he not a four star? He was, and he's gotten, he has a chance to be a good football player and be a, he played a little bit, but I think he has a chance to get on the field a lot more. Vickers played way better than I think anyone gave him. I mean, people forgot Kendall Vickers was on the roster mm. until we had no one else, and he was out there and he was, I mean, playing better than everybody else on our team. So between right. Tuttle, McKenzie, Vickers, and then whoever the fourth one, fourth best one's going to be, we should be we should be fine if we stay healthy mm-hmm. with our interior D line. Yeah, because you have you know Alexis Johnson. I think he was a junior college junior prospect. college guy. Needs to get a little. Needs to cut down a little bit. He'll be a guy that I think will get in there and play some. He may be the fourth. He's he's he needs to you know tighten up a little bit with mm-hmm. Rock. I think Rock will get him get him right though. He's mm-hmm gotten everybody in a short period of time and you looking better. You don't see Kongbo going back interior. No, Kongbo was smart. He did the he did, Robert Meacham did this when I was in college. He pretended like he couldn't learn any, any of the other positions, <laughs> so he had to play the boundary receiver and that's where all the balls went. Uh, in the offense back in the day. Now, how do, how are they? I mean, because obviously most of these guys are not pl- uh, practicing in spring ball. Um, how does that affect people when they get to actual contact? Do you think that will negatively affect I, this group? Because none of these guys, I mean, except for Kongbo, I guess. McKenzie's or, out there. Um, he's not playing like full contact, but mm-hmm. he's out there going through drills, trying to get better and healthy and all that, and that'll help him. The one that makes me really nervous is Shy Tuttle. Shy Tuttle mm-hmm. didn't even come back until the very end of training camp last year, mm-hmm. and sure enough, he got hurt again. And you know, we can mm-hmm. call them freak injuries if we want, but if your body is not used to hitting someone and then withstanding all of the the inertia that they put into your body, down into your ankles, your knees, your feet, if you're not used to that, then you can't just show up and go play O line or D line. You have right. to get your body in hitting shape. Well, guys, we're here with Eric Ainge from the Eric Ainge Show on the sister station, 99.1, the sports animal from 9 to 12 every day, Monday through Friday. Um, we're going to continue this conversation with Eric right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. And today it's the Big Orange Hour, and we're talking uh, sports with uh, Eric Ainge, uh, 9 to 12, Monday through Friday on 99.1, the sports animal. Have some um, great sponsors on there, by the way. Yeah. Mortgage Investors Group, fantastic. Right. Oh, hey, guys. How yeah. you doing? Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, hey. There we are. Yes, we're so grateful um, because you do a great job, and I love listening when I can. And I was listening on the way over here. I love when you bring in Josh there with the last 15 minutes. Yeah. It's always hilarious. That's usually the best part of the show when it comes to the jokes. I love when you guys just cut up and talk sports and 
You know, that's have the fun, way it is. Man. And have fun. And have fun. Life's too it's complicated. It's too complicated to- and too short to take things so seriously. And I love it. And and you guys are a great fit over there. I think, you know, having um, Rice with you, I think he, he does a great job of knowing the details. <laughs> he's, he's the one that sends the rundown every he's – the, he's the one that has the the real brains. Yeah, Been hitting but, the head a lot. But, every great show need, needs one. Yeah, yeah you got to have right. one. That's Executive it. producer right here does that for me. Um, so we were talking about our lineup, and we can't get to every position, of course. I'm sure you guys are doing that from time to time. But the next, I, I think, the most important position on the field, um, because of the number of uh, times that that individual is going to hold the ball and, and handle the ball, which is every time except for they won, run the Wildcat, which they may, is the quarterback. And, you know, we know Josh Dobbs is – left for the NFL, who I think has actually moved his prospects up to maybe second round, don't you? Yeah, he's going to end up getting drafted a lot higher than than people think. And he'll be a guy, he's invaluable to have in an NFL locker room, mm. just around the guys. And, you know, he'll be a perfect number two or number three to go somewhere and learn and yeah. and keep working on his craft. I don't know if you guys talked about this, but I heard that um, one of the questions that he received, I don't know if it was at Pro Day or if it was at the Combine, but he said, how do you think that you'll be able to handle learning a new playbook? in the NFL. And he said, well, first of all, I was taking, um, whatever those courses that he was taking rocket science. Yeah, courses. I mean, yeah. And he said, I think learning the handbook or the playbook is not going to be a concern of mine. I love that answer. Yep. So let's, let's jump into the quarterback position. Um, I think that you have some very good prospects. Now, uh, you have Janzik coming back. I'm just kidding. No. The beautiful mind. Hey, I've been in a few meetings sitting in there with the QBs and he is, he takes the most, like the perfect notes. Well, his, and he's he's a got very that smart guy. He may end up being a coach somewhere. No, his, his dad was an incredible coach. He helps he the other coach. guys learn and, and understand signals. And I mean, he's he's actually pretty pretty valuable to have in Absolutely. that room. He's never going to be the quarterback, but right. he still helps. And so you have obviously the number one question that everyone has is who is going to be the quarterback. So Quentin Dormandy was, of course. The guy who everybody was calling for at times when Josh Dobbs was struggling last year, you know, which is I ne- I never was one of those individuals. I mean, I just thought, well, I mean, the guy, he was having an incredible year. So he had a couple of bad games this year. South Carolina, if you take that one off the table, he, you know, he's going to be winning most of the awards, I would say. So walk us through who you think you know, has the best position and just talk through the individuals who we have out there. Garrett and Garrett. It's, it's a two man race between Garantano and Dormady. Um, there's some other guys that if they get, you know, thrown in there, Jones, I think could run the offense, but he doesn't mm. throw it well enough to be your every down starter mm. because he doesn't run the ball like Dobbs. You know, we, Dobbs was an underrated runner with mm. his ability. It was like when Baker Mayfield came here a couple of years ago, it's like he just had Vaseline on his jersey. People just couldn't tackle him. They were in, in position and they just, for some reason, missed. Some guys are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the misconception with our quarterback race is that they play different. That mm-hmm. Garantano's the athlete from New Jersey that can run and has a big arm, and Dormady's the big slow white guy from Texas, mm-hmm. and that's just not true. You know, Garantano when he was he's an athlete, he's I mean. an athlete, but you know, Dormady is too. And these guys were raised by football dads, mm. um, and they played the game the exact same way. You're going to have a hard time finding a lot of designed runs and zone read in Garantano's highlight film from high school because he mm-hmm. wasn't taught to play that way. He was a pocket quarterback, a rhythm thrower who scrambled to throw first 
And if he did tuck it and go, can run a four six forty and go do something with it. Mm-hmm. And he's tough. Dormady plays the exact same way, and he's a high four seven guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if Garantano wasn't there, we'd be talking about how we have a great athlete mm-hmm. in Quentin Dormady, and they are you call plays for him the same way. They handle their business the same way. You don't have to worry about which one is in because mm-hmm. they were raised and they process the game exactly the same way. Yeah. So I think that becomes very easy for Scott and Canales, who's invaluable to have in there, by the way, a guy mm-hmm. who's been a coordinator and a head coach, and his only job is to work with those two, the whole room. Um, whoever wins it, and right now I'd say it's 50 50. I don't think, you know, and I don't know how you know if you don't let them both play. You know, mm-hmm. I've been a product of the let them both play, and, and whoever's better will. You know, will rise to the top. Right. One of these guys will end up being a better game player, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you know that based on spring practice or even training camp. I, yeah. I say you got to let them both play. And do you think that um, one of them is setting the their alarm clock or changing their alarm clock like you did to uh, uh, turn it off? Well, that wasn't my fault. You know, Fulmer came in and goes, "Hey, you want to hear a funny story about competition?" And his message was. That competition is either all the time for you and you can't turn it off. Mm. You, there's no flip the switch on being a competitor. Right. You either are competitive or you're not. And right. he said to the point where Peyton would lock the door behind him so Brandon Stewart couldn't get in the building. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so he's giving me a green light to do right. something to Schaefer. So I went in and turned his alarm clock off and, <laughs> and unplugged his phone, and he was late to QB meetings the next day. But he was already late every other day anyway. <laughs> you know, So I did pray on something that he was screwing up already. Right. But, you know, that's that's great. I love those stories. And, you know, last year, the number if you were to guess who the number one passing raider uh, who was rated the most the best out of all the quarterbacks. And let's say that the minimum attempts are two. <laughs> who do you think that would be? <laughs> Jawan Jennings. Exactly. Yeah. Jawan Jennings, two for two. Didn't he have two touchdowns? He had one touchdown. Oh, one touchdown. And that was, I wish they had called that play more often. That was a great play. That was the reverse to Dobbs? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Throwback? And it was, it was sort of similar to what they did against Florida two years ago. Um, when, when Dobbs took it for, a, you know, 80 yards and outran the Florida defense. Yep. So I like the individuals that we have. And, you know, you think, well, Goodness, we recruited a lot of quarterbacks. Remember Hunter Johnson, I believe, was one of our was was a commitment or not commitment, I guess a verbal, and he ended up going to Clemson. And so now we have these individuals and Sheridan Jones. How do you say his name again? Sharon. Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones. This, this there shouldn't guy. be an I in his name. Right. I told him I was like, dude, why do you do you just get rid of the I and make it easy on us rednecks around here so we can just call you Sharon? Because that I, we I was like, you yeah. throw a random letter in there, we, we'll screw it up every time. Absolutely. But he he was a motivating factor last year against Voltec. I think it was Voltec. Yeah. In getting that team sort of back on the field, playing the Tennessee football. Got after knew. the O line. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was that battle of Bristol. And then him and the guy who was interviewed at the beginning of the game when he said what they were going to do to, to the team, which... which Darrell Taylor. <laughs> what happened to that guy? Darrell Taylor actually is one of... You know, if, the best thing for me when you look at spring practice is, is looking at which players look like they're taking the next step, look mm. like they're taking it serious, their bodies look different, they're explosive. And some of those guys, Marquez Callaway is yeah. one of them, wide receiver, Darrell Taylor, Daniel Batuli, but Darrell Taylor looks bigger, stronger, faster, uh, more energetic. He looks like he knows that he's going to get to play a lot and he's going to make some noise, and I like that. Oh, man. I got that Not kid. just a trash talker before the game who doesn't play. Oh. You know, he, he'll be out there. Well, he was a extremely highly rated. Junior, was he a junior college? No, I don't think so. I think okay. he's out of, out of high school. Yeah, he was a top ten guy in that two thousand. I think it was fifteen two thousand fifteen class. Yeah. So when you when you look at these guys, um, 
do you have a prediction on who do you think is going to be the long-term starter? I know that's hard. Cause that's you, so hard, enough, There's man. not enough evidence. If you yet. gun to the head today, I'd say Dormady. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's just because I think, again, I think he's probably a little more consistent, mm. but he's also been here longer mm-hmm. uh, and wasn't redshirting last well, year. Yeah, he, was getting ready to, year. he was getting ready to play the game. you got to assume Dobbs is going to get hurt on the first play every game. Being a backup quarterback's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got in in some mop up time. Yeah, in, in a lot of games. He was eleven for freshman. seventeen last year. Yeah, and, and he made a couple throws. Gosh, the bowl game his freshman year. He's rolling out to his left, throws the ball back all the way across his body for a touchdown. And it, when he did that, and then the last one uh, when we still had Preston Williams before the diva mm. just reached mm. full <laughs> full level. Yeah. I need to transfer. Yeah. Um, he made a great throw on the run to him. Uh, you know, on the run, booting out, just yeah. dart to the back corner. So they both can play, but I, I don't think it'd be. I think it would be irresponsible of me at this point to say one of them is ahead of the other one or is going to be the quarterback because I don't even think they know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what about uh, transfers? There is always the risk and fear that you have these two great competitors. Yep. One's going to leave. Is, is that a I, I don't worry about it this year because I think that it'll take them either all the way until the last week or so at training camp or – in my opinion, I still think they need to let them both play. And at that point, you're guaranteeing they're both on the team this year. And that's really all you all you have in college football is every year because you never know what's going to happen. And kids these days are way more they're, – they're, they transfer if they just get an inclination that the guy that they came in with is going to be better than them. And not just a quarterback. It's always been that way at QB, you know, Peyton wins, Brandon Stewart leaves. Casey wins, you know, I win, Schaefer leaves. I mean, all the way through our history – but they do it at every position now. Yeah. So and, yeah, but long term, I don't think you'll end up with both. That's 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 going to yeah. be a tough situation. Yeah, that's probably a good point. And I tell you, we have also some of the other offensive uh, positions that we'd like to run through so that everyone can be primed and ready to go. Um, by the way, did you see that hit that Mississippi State player yes. put on that that guy? That, that guy's so dirty. That was dirty. that's a spring game. That you know, uh. I, I start wondering about like girlfriend situation, hmm. something said in the locker room because uh. he dipped his head and threw a forearm shiver yeah. at the guy, and that's his own teammate. As his own teammate. It, it was very dirty during the game. I would have been all for it if it had been in the game. <laughs> like like Brian Randolph a couple years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> just jumped and hit the guy. I and think the took targeting right rules off. changing too. So. Uh, we'll talk about that too. We're going to continue right after these messages. We're right back. The housing hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you guys for stopping in. Do want to tell you that you can go to thehousinghour.com and share this show with your friends or family or Facebook. We'd love for you to go to facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Catch um, all of our information. And the treasure trove, though, is thehousinghour.com. And that's where you will find the mothership of all of our info. Um, We're here with Eric Ainge. Uh, He has a show, The Eric Ainge Show. Um, the Ainge Exchange, as I really call it. really got crazy with the title on that one. Yeah, that's right. Um, I suggest suggested the Ainge Exchange. For, uh, that's pretty good. I wanted Downset Hut. That's good. I hey, like that. Downset Hut. There you go. Green twenty five. Mm. Yeah, Cut, Cutcliffe used to make me walk around yeah. campus and scream the cadence. There's probably some kids, uh, guys I went to college yeah. with, that were like, "Man, Ainge <laughs> is nuts." I wish there was Facebook. Well, I guess 2007 there was. It had just well, now, began. now they, you know, they'd say they, he wouldn't believe us that we just did it. Right. So he'd say, "All right, you know, 
face. We'd have to like probably FaceTime cut <laughs> and start screaming the cadence. Yeah, he was crazy. Well, I, I I don't think you realize that on the uh, Butch Jones show when you're doing the plays and calling, yeah. doing that, you always you always start out downset hut every time. Oh, that's <laughs> right. yeah. Second nature. Yeah. That's true. So we have um, we have the other offensive positions that you know there's a, a big gap now that we had our core leave. So you had Kamara, of course he's gone. Hurd is gone. Um, we have Malone who is gone. So we have a lot of uh, gaps that we'll have to fill and we certainly have talent. So there's no lack of talent. You have Tyler Bird, who I think is probably the best skill player on our team. If I were to I, guess, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Like every down plays just people call all the time and they're like, Hey, you know, we need help at DB. What about Tyler bird? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. he has, it's not just cause I'm an old QB. He, if you have a good slot receiver, you create problems for a defense, for a defensive coordinator. It's kind of like we're talking about D tackles for mm-hmm. an offensive line. Yeah. You got to have a good slot receiver because then they can't kick the coverage into the boundary and double team Malone or this year double yeah. team Jennings. Mm-hmm. They have to balance it out and play you straight up. Right. So well, he he reminds me he he actually reminds me a lot of who was the Patriots um, slot receiver over the years. Welker. Welker is one he reminds me a lot then, of. Oh, but he but he but he can also make you miss a lot more than Welker could. Welker was a very consistent. Hey, I'm going to catch the ball. I'm going to make a guy miss and I'm going to put my head down. This guy. Tyler Bird, he'll, he'll score from anywhere on the field. Well, and Tyler last year is a true freshman to come in and learn the offense mm-hmm. and not just know what to do, but know it well enough to play fast, be where he was supposed to be, catch the football in tight coverage over the middle. Yeah. You got to have a guy like that. He got that. hit one game, and I don't remember what game it was, but he, you he know, did. you noticed the difference after that. But he, Kept playing, he kept playing, you know, and that's, oh, yeah. you know, still tough. Yeah. So that's, he, he could be a, a big one. And obviously Jennings basically just replacing Malone. Yeah. I think between I like those two that. guys and Ethan Wolf at tight end, John Kelly at running back. Yeah. You know, maybe Ty Chandler backs him up a little bit coming in freshman out of Nashville. We have a chance to be very good on offense. And you also have, if you look, you know, from last year, you also have a, a situation where um, Jennings, I think really needs to be the guy. To, 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 he wants to be the guy. Like he wants the ball. So this year he's going to be thrown at a lot more, I would say, because he'll be that probably that first option. Is that how it works? I mean, Jennings is, is the veteran now. So he's the guy that is out there on the, on the end. He's going to be probably taking a lot of uh, double teams, I would imagine. When I you, don't know. When you get into the red zone, it's a little easier to think players, not plays, mm-hmm. because they have to play a little more straight up. You see a little more man-to-man coverage, and they like to bring pressure. Uh, I'd say 75 to 80% of the pass plays, though, mm-hmm. it, they're, they're coverage-driven. You have a key here, a key there, and you, you have to stay true to your progression. All the times that you're supposed to work over here based on this coverage and this play, but you know what? Jennings is over there. I could look to him. There's a reason that the plays are designed the way they're designed, and if you don't do that, you end up throwing interceptions, taking sacks. Mm-hmm. So I, 75% of the plays, the defense will dictate where we throw the football. Yeah, and Ethan Wolf is going to, I think, be an important factor Wolf, this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we need to keep bringing that other – Josh Smith, if he stays healthy, there's your answer. He's your other oh, guy yeah. um, who's not out there right now. He had surgery uh, for the spring, mm-hmm. and I think he'll end up being fine. But, yeah, that you got to – there's only 25% of the pass plays where you can even go out there and go – Ah, screw it. I'm going to Jennings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, well, but again, he'll year, be the guy, not Malone. Last year when we um, had the opportunity to either throw a Hail Mary or kick a field goal, it was towards the end of the year that we lost. I can't remember what game it was. Maybe it was a South Carolina game. 
Was that the one where we? I can't had the remember. fumble with Phil me uh, well, he had to come in, and then there was a game last year where it was going to be about the same distance that the maybe A and M, maybe it was. But anyway, I, I was that's thinking in my head. I was thinking put. I mean, it was a fifty-three or four yarder or whatever, and we decided to throw the hail mary. And I was thinking in my head, let Jennings kick the ball. <laughs> Just let yeah. him. He will make it. <laughs> Any, yeah. If you need points, A and M. Thank Jawan Jennings. Was it okay? Yeah. So yeah, I agree. In anyway, well, the A&M game, I think, went into overtime, but this was a different game. But it, it was just Jennings, he was just like that guy, you, when you when your back was against the wall, he was going to take care of business. You look at that Georgia game, that's the guy I want to fight for me. If I were on the front lines and I was in you know, a situation where I needed to have a teammate that was going to protect me, that's the guy I want on my team. Um, and then you also have, you know, you look at, of course, you have a tight end in Ethan Wolf, but who's going to back him up? I don't, you know, right now, my... Two biggest questions. I think we have a lot of depth at O line. You know, we're not even talking about Jack Jones and Chance Hall. We're talking mm-hmm. about Drew Richmond, and mm-hmm. Drew Richmond doesn't have to be a first team All American. Mm-hmm. He just needs to be good enough to be the every down player and mm-hmm. be re- and uh, for us to rely on him. Yeah. Trey Smith. I mean, we're, we're good at O line. Mm-hmm. I think John Kelly is phenomenal. And I think he's going to be even better this year than you saw him in spurts last year. Ethan Wolf is a very good tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be a record breaking tight end this year, four year starter. Mm-hmm. But to, to your question, Kevin, who is going to back them up or who's the second tight end when we use two tight end sets? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. What about Pope? Anybody that has the last name of Pope playing tight end, you got to. Oh, yeah. This guy's not 6'8, though. Yeah, true. Leonard Pope, gosh, he was the worst. Well, was he a Georgia? He was a Georgia yeah. guy. Yeah, David Green. The he, only reason oh, David Green was ever any good is boot. just throwing the ball to Pope. Yeah. And then you have, you know, just some other, you know, not even talking about offense necessarily anymore. You you have some other guys you have, you know, that are these sort of wild cards. You have Evan Barry, you know, if he can get back to his full speed, you know, you've got a great situation at kickoff returns. And I would love to see him. He did, you know, when Tyler Bird came in and started returning punts, it just didn't seem like he had the same traction or maybe not, not punts, but um, kickoffs. Remember when we had to sort of rely on him. And so I think kickoff returns are not for everybody. Tyler didn't seem to sort of grasp the, the, the right, you know, lanes. It's, there is a, uh, being a good punt returner or a kick returner is a completely different skill set than running after the catch with the mm-hmm. football in the flat or being a receiver. I mean, it's the ability for all that to be coming your way and be making one guy miss mm-hmm. while you're looking at the guys that are 10, 15, 20 yards away. Mm-hmm. That That's a very yeah. unique skill set, and there's only a few guys that are that are really, really good at that. And, you know, we only have a few minutes left in the show, but I think one of the things that we need to to really focus on this year. And I know this is something that people will say, Oh yeah. Yeah. The kickers are real important, but Mm -hmm. we had a great um, punt kicker. We had a great punter last year, punt kicker. That's what they call him. Trevor. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think he, he actually was so important to a lot of games last year, pinning people back, really getting the coverage, but also, you know, you look at the, who in most all schools, the leading scorers are of their whole school. Tennessee is no exception. James Wilhoyt, um, holds the record with 325 points. Um, Aaron Medley is second. So you've got a guy who's second on the all-time scoring list. Now, who's going to be our, our kicker this year? Is he going to be a senior? Medley will be our kicker, and Daniel will be our punter. So having those two guys back um, with the experience they have, I think is invaluable. Again, mm-hmm. been using that word a lot today, but you know, it's all about people. And Even Daniel Lincoln, he's number three. Yeah, it's always going to be, it's always going to yeah. be a kicker. Yeah. So, you know. The Where's real, Jeff Hall on that? 
Jeff yeah, Hall. I thought he, I thought he was I, for some reason. You know, obviously, he's he's made more important kicks than any of those guys. I, you know, I don't see him on here. I, I thought Fouad was he's not for in a the long top time. twenty. Yeah. Brett Smith is number we, twenty. We've had a lot yeah. of. That's all Brett Smith did was catch touchdowns. If you weren't in the red zone or it wasn't a chance for him to run deep enough to catch it and get in the end zone, yeah. he gave minimal effort. He it was the most frustrating touchdowns. thing ever. And then you have, um, you know, another individual that surprised me that was on this list actually um, was. Uh, Justin Hunter, you know, he's at 14. Then you have Alvin Kamara, number 10, played three years. Where's Dobbs on the list? Dobbs is number six. I was going to say, he's got to be. He's up actually there. the second non kicker on the list. Michael, well, no, he's the very, he's the first. Yeah, I was going to say, because, yeah. man, he, yeah. Pilardi is number one. Um, like a so, rock star. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm very excited about this year. You know, there's this question about quarterback because we've been dependent on Dobbs. That's going to be the key. So you guys need to tune in to Eric's show Monday through Friday from 9 to 12. Come out on the 21st to uh, tailgate, tailgate Clothing, t- yeah, Market Square. Market Square, and he's going to sign some autographs. Johnny Majors is going to be there. So come out and um, you know kind of hang out with them on the 21st, and that's from 9 to 12. Um, we just appreciate Eric coming and spending some time with us. Thank you also to Mortgage Investors Group for sponsoring this show. And we're going to see you guys next week right here on The Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.